Tonight's recap of the 24 Legacy premiere is sponsored by Nature Box. Now, when you are on the run in a real-time day with all sorts of tense situations happening all around you, you don't have time to pick out what the right snack is going to be. And that's why it's important to have a healthier snack on hand with Nature Box because Nature Box makes a snack that actually tastes great and is better for you created with high quality ingredients free from artificial colors, flavors or sweeteners so you can feel great about the snacking. My personal favorites are of course the pistachio power clusters and the dark cocoa nom noms. So good. Nature Box recently made their service even better. Now you can order as much as you want as often as you want without a minimum purchase required and you can cancel anytime it's simple just go to naturebox.com check out their whole snack catalog over 100 snacks to choose from and they're constantly adding delicious new snacks choose the snacks you want they deliver them right to your door and with naturebox you'll never get bored new snacks every month inspired by real customer feedback and if you ever try a snack you don't like naturebox will replace it for free Right now, save even more. NatureBox is offering our listeners 50% off your first order when you go to naturebox.com slash podcast. That's naturebox.com slash podcast for 50% off your first order. Naturebox.com slash podcast. The premiere of 24 Legacy is over, but we're just getting started here on the 24 Legacy Recap Special. And now, here are the two guys who are back on Mole Patrol. I'm Rob Sestrina. Here's Josh Wiggler. Josh, how are you? Oh, my God, Rob. I like how you say back on Mole Patrol as if I ever left. As if 2014's 24 Live Another Day <laughs> ended and I didn't just immediately start looking at every possible TV actor <laughs> as somebody who was going to be on a 24 spinoff eventually and was probably going to be playing some version of a mole. Uh, I've been here ever since then, Rob. Josh, we are back. We are recording right after the airing, after the Super Bowl, and we are firing on all giant cylinders. Oh, my God. Yes. Uh, it apparently just takes like two shots to to <laughs> knock one of those things down. Very effective. Eric Carter just really thinking on his feet. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, really a little, excited. A little sharper than you and I probably are right now. A little late on the on the East Coast for sure. I'm going to have a very hard time to not say Eric Cartman, uh, I will have to say. <laughs> Can you imagine? I mean, like if you were to if you were to list out like all of the, the possible Jack Bauer replacements, Eric Cartman would be pretty incredible. Screw you guys, I'm going home. <laughs> Kyle, you are clearly the mo. Yeah. Yeah. Isaac, I've had it with you. <laughs> you know, I forget the exact particulars of how the episode plays out, but I do remember South Park doing a 24 spoof episode about the snook. Uh, but that was that was many moons ago. But you can check that out one of these days. So yes. here we are. This was only part one of the two part premiere, but we are here live after the Super Bowl to talk about this very special edition of 24 night two of 24 will be airing on monday february 6th but we will only be talking about the first night so of those of you guys who checked it out after the super bowl or uh, those of you guys who were either uh, too drunk from the super bowl to remember or too devastated from the results to go on watching tv uh we're going to be spoiling the whole show so just in case you had any curiosities about that yeah, uh, we're going to be full tilt boogie on the spoilers for the first hour of the 24 premiere, uh, which is more or less exciting than the Super Bowl for you, Rob. 
Well, I definitely think that the Super Bowl was more exciting. Yeah. What was your what, what was your uh, what was your Super Bowl situation? What was going on there? It was uh, highs and lows, uh, yes. Josh. As a yeah. lifelong New York Jets fan, uh, it, it was a tale of two halves for me, and uh, the first was better than the second. Yeah, uh, <laughs> much like. You know- my opinion of 24. <laughs> <laughs> but doesn't it feel appropriate that on a night that where the 24 is reser- returning to the zeitgeist and it's a show where you got to be rooting for the real American hero? Doesn't it just make sense that the Patriots won? Like, this is the night where the Patriots win. Uh, if you say so. If you sure. say so. Let's stick I'm to 24. Try, I'm no, trying, I'm I don't want to help. I'm trying to help. I'm trying to help out over here. Yeah. You know? All right. Well, let's just uh, get our quick reviews in. Talk about uh, big picture before we get into some of the details. Josh, I know that you are the certainly the bigger twenty four fan of the two of us. Uh, you have watched the seasons multiple times. Yes. What was your take on this reboot since we last saw twenty four in twenty four? Live another day. Yeah, so just in case you've never listened to Rob and I do a 24 podcast, we used to do some 24 podcasting back when Live Another Day. That was the 24 limited series from a couple of years back uh, with Jack Bauer, and it takes place in London, and it was very, very fun. And we also talked about all of the seasons that were leading up to that in separate podcasts, so you can go back and you can check out all those podcasts. you remember the podcast link for that, Rob? Uh, I was, I believe, com slash 24 iTunes. I want to say that's right. And if it's not right, we can make it right at some point in the, uh, in the, in the behind the scenes of this, uh, of all these shenanigans. But if you, if you haven't listened to those, then perhaps you do not know that I, you know, when I was a, an impressionable young lad, uh, end of high school, early college, 24 was my show. Love 24. It was my thing. I was so excited to watch it. Love Jack Bauer. Love Tony Almeida even more, probably. Loved all the characters in the 24 universe. Loved the real-time aspect. Always an intense hour of television, unless it was season six, in which case it was all pretty bad. Uh, But more often than not, I really enjoyed this show. And I would say I enjoyed the 24 Legacy premiere, but I do think, you know, one of the age-old questions is, like, what is 24 without Jack Bauer uh, this is the first hour of 24 we have ever seen where Jack Bauer does not show up whatsoever. I don't know how that's going to play for a lot of people. I think Corey Hawkins is a great actor and I'm interested to know more about Eric Carter, but I'm not remarkably hooked in quite yet. I will say, uh, by the way, that is the correct link. Uh, recaps dot com slash 24 iTunes. So what a pull after three years. Wow. <laughs> for that clutch. Wow. More clutch you are, than Tom Brady. Even. Wow. You know, do you know who would not have been able to remember uh, what the what the <laughs> iTunes link was? <laughs> Who's that? I think you might have an idea. Uh, there might be someone in the 24 universe is a little bit forgettable. These President days. Heller. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rob, we're back. Talking about 24 again. Where's Jack? Yeah. Josh, I don't understand why this is called 24 Legacy because that there, whose legacy? The legacy of CTU? Yeah, maybe. Uh, This Bin Khalid guy seems like he has quite the legacy that he's left behind. I guess so. That's what it is. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I would call this. I think maybe just 24 would have worked. You know, I don't know why there needs to be any kind of subtitle, uh, just maybe to delineate it from the earlier 24 days. But I don't know why you necessarily have to do that. This certainly seems to take place in the same universe as 24. We're talking about CTU and everything. Uh, so I'm not sure where the legacy 
is coming in from maybe it's the legacy of Edgar Styles who got randomly name dropped here. Do you remember yeah. Edgar Styles? Well, of course, Rob? of course, How I remember him. Uh, that after he died in the gas attack when yeah. uh, there was like some sort of a nerve yeah. gas attack. The Sentox, at CTU. The Sentox nerve gas. How yeah. could you forget the Sentox nerve gas? Yes, and I remember that he was also working very closely with uh, Big Pussy Vincent Pastor on yes. The Sopranos as well. <laughs> That's right. But, yeah, the Louis Lombardi of it all. Again, I don't even know why this show is called Twenty Four because. Because this is the second time we're going to get a 12 episode season. I know uh, that's a little that's a little unfortunate. Um, although I don't know. I mean, we kind of I mean, we talk about TV and I think conventional thinking about TV right now is like the 10 to 12 episode season is kind of a sweet spot. Um, I thought that Live Another Day was really fast because of that. Like, I, I felt like it was really tight and really exciting because of the fact that it was only going to cover pretty much half a day's worth of material. So I'll hold out judgment on that. I think that maybe calling it 24, though, like, what, are we just going to start calling it 12? Maybe that would have been the compromise. <laughs> I don't know. Like, we I don't know what we're going to call it. 12 it. Well, let's not get too hung legacy. up on that. And uh, yeah. let's just talk about the story of Eric Carter and yeah, uh, his team. And they were in some sort of military action in what country was it? Yeah, so I believe it's Yemen. Um, but I but I know that the background of this. Uh, so I'm covering the show a little bit for the Hollywood Reporter for the day job for the day gig. Uh, and I got a chance to talk to the showrunners, longtime 24 producers, Manny Cotto and Evan yeah. Katz. Uh, they've talked about. The inspiration for 24 Legacy being um, they were inspired by the story of the soldiers who killed, you know, the operation to kill Osama bin Laden and the fallout of that and that people had to go into hiding after that. And that was sort of the genesis of the story for 24 Legacy. And it actually wasn't going to be a 24 show, uh, at least at first. And then they decided, oh, this would be great in real time. And they made it 24 Legacy. Um, but that's what you're hearing about this guy, Bin Khalid, who is this man who is killed many, many months before 24 Legacy begins. And Eric Carter was part of that operation. Seems like he and his his buddy, Ben Grimes, these are the only two that are left. I don't know if Ben is of any relation to Rick or Carl. Uh, he does seem to have a ferocious beard. So he might be related to Rick and Carl. I'll tell you what, though, that maybe it might have been a better way to go to not have the terrorist named Ben Khalid and then also to have the guy that Eric is searching for, Ben Grimes. Like, that was a lot of Ben in yeah. one, like, this, like, two of the major names that we just keep hearing are also Ben. Like, I don't know yeah. why that couldn't have been, like, Bill Grimes or anything like that. Yeah, a lot of Bens. I have a lot of Bens in my personal life. I have like 10 active Bens in my life. I don't know if you know that about me, Rob. No. Uh, yeah, I have a brother Ben. My best friend since I was Knew two that. is named Ben. Several other Bens. Many wow. Bens. Surrounded wow. by Bens. Uh, so ben. this doesn't, doesn't phase me. I'm used to being... Yes, Coach Ben, indeed. I'm used to being around Bens. Here's what I'll say, Rob. Maybe it's deliberate, you know? Maybe oh. if we're supposed to be on Mole Patrol, maybe we should be very suspicious of Ben Grimes, who may be a resurrected Ben Khalid. <laughs> wow, what a twist right? that would be. Yeah, no, I don't think that's happening. <laughs> I don't think that's happening. At, I don't think that's happening at all. I do think killed it all of Ben Grimes' yeah. family also. Oh, that, that was, like, wasn't that rough? That inside cuts job. commercial was like, hey, I thought you said everything was going to be cool. No. It wasn't even, you know, just a gunshot to the head. That was, that was really rough. That no. was really tough. I mean, that is uh, the 24 legacy that uh, any of the terrorists on 24 really just, they, they always do that move of like, give us the information, but then we kill you anyway. Like, you, no matter who. 
That's why you don't negotiate with terrorists. Well, that might be why it's called 24 Legacy is because I do. All of the tropes still work. Yes, yes, yes. Like, I feel like all of the hallmarks of the original 24 (laughs) seem to be here. Uh, Like, you have, like, the really shitty, like, high school subplot that's going on right now, which is kind of your mountain lion. The shady Uh, director of CTU is there that's sort of, like, undermining what needs to actually be happening to stop terrorism. Yeah, exactly. And that guy is like the most vanilla human being possible, which is just a classic like CTU director type of uh, position. Uh, like yeah. it's even it's even aping the very first episode of 24 which like the only really badass thing that Jack Bauer does in that episode is he knocks out George Mason like he shoots George Mason with a tranquilizer knocks him out and does some stuff behind his back and that's what we're seeing Rebecca Ingram do in the end of this episode where she knocks out I forget the name of the character Teddy Sears is playing he's from the Flash uh he's I don't know Keith Mullins. Uh, Keith Mullins. How could I forget Keith Mullins? Uh, you know, so it's sort of like aping that same scene. You know, she's kind of pulling a bower to his George Mason. So there's a lot of a lot of familiarity. And even in like the, the one of the final twists of the of the episode is there is an active mole situation. Yeah. So maybe that is the legacy that we're talking about here when we're talking about 24 Legacy. It's just a lot of what you what you remember from the original 24 seems to be very firmly in place here. All right. Well, just to talk through the events of the episode. So we end up following Eric back to his house and we see that one of the buddies from his squad has been taken out by people that are part of this uh, Ben Khalid terrorist cell. And they are looking for some sort of a strong box and they end up breaking into Eric's house. We get to meet Eric's wife. Nicole, uh, Nicole. I I can relate to Eric uh, so much. I feel like we have have a lot in common, including uh, being married to a woman named Nicole. Yeah. Yeah. So did Nicole watch this with you? Do you think that she would be a Nicole fan? (laughs) She used to watch 24 with me. And I said, Nicole, you want to watch 24 Legacy? And she was like, I'm going to bed. And it's like eight (laughs) o'clock on the West Coast. Do you think it it would have changed her mind if she had known that there was a a very major Nicole character on the show? Is she a fan of fellow Nicoles? No, no. no. You know what? That when 24 used to be on that, my wife was more of a lighthearted person that she that uh, she has Uh, too many things. She's on like too many like crime stopping Facebook groups that she doesn't need to be seeing any of the shenanigans that's going down in the world of 24 it's just going to put negative ideas in her head like it would have been really difficult to watch someone named nicole like have to like very quickly go into the attic space to hide from this horrible situation it may have just been a little traumatic right like i could definitely see the we need a stun gun conversation uh-huh. coming up and it's <laughs> just like one of the you know that's yeah. it's for the best we don't need to be getting involved in any of these yeah. things yeah, we need a lockbox with a go bag that is, you know, a with a fully box. loaded yeah, lockbox. Yeah, fully loaded <laughs> weapon in the in the lockbox. A strong box. Never heard of a strong box before. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, like that's just as what a you term, need. I'd never heard of the term strong box before, but I guess you'd prefer a strong box to a weak box. Uh, you don't want to put your dossier with all your terrorist cells in a weak box, though. No, no, you don't. I don't know. I don't know where, you know, I, I think that's a really personal thing that you have to just like decide where you're going to hide all of that information. But just yeah. as a, a word of advice, I would say to stay away from the weak box. So the terrorists end up coming into Eric's house. We see that Eric and his wife are having some conversation about starting a family uh which i'm sure we will revisit more at some point but she was not taking 
birth control for a while, but then she went back to taking the birth control? Wow. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, what we basically gather from, you know, this first episode is Eric Carter. He was one of the men that was responsible for the operation to take out Bin Khalid. He's back here. Nicole is going to confide in Eric's brother later on in the episode that, like, the war came back with him. He just always wants to kill. He can't stop. Uh, and like the you know the white picket fences. It's not for him. He can't do it. Yeah. Uh, so like that's the that's the impression that we're starting to get of this guy, uh, which is it's sad. You know, it seems like a very very dark, depressed state to always be in. You know what I like about Nicole Carter is that even on a day where terrorists have like come into her house, tried to kill her and her husband, that she has shot a man and killed him, gone on the run, still her relationship top of mind. And, you know, she is really not <laughs> yeah. just dwelling on the events of the last hour at any point. She's really just thinking about, you know, uh, that, you know, how to, how do I fix this relationship with Eric? Yeah. You know, uh, I don't want to get like too deep into spoilers from the previous 24s, you know, in case you ever want to go back and watch those so only to speak about it kind of vaguely. But, uh, I feel like Nicole Carter packed a season's worth of Terry Bauer material in a one episode. Like, you know, it takes a long time before Terry Bauer has, like, the nerve to to have to kill somebody. Like, it takes forever to get to that point. No, she was up for it. Yeah, she was ready to go. She's like, oh, well, this guy's in my home. I need to take care of this guy. Uh, The whole thing with the mirror, you know, that was pretty clever, I thought. I thought that was very, you know, very crafty of Nicole. I like Nicole Carter. I think she's a good character. Josh, what do you think of the action here in 24 Legacy? Uh, I mean, we really got to see Eric in action in like uh, two big sort of set pieces in the episode. Uh, the escape from his house and then uh, with the giant cylinder uh, towards the end of the episode. Did you feel like that the action was on par with the uh, Kiefer Sutherland version? Uh, I thought that the, the cylinder was hilarious. That was just, <laughs> it's just ridiculous to like use that as a rolling moving shield. Uh, I thought that was I thought that was it was a fun scene to watch. I don't think that the action compares to the best of 24 right away. Um, I don't think that, you know, I don't think that Carter has a move in this episode that matches, you know, like Bauer's bottom half moves. Like, I feel like we got to work our way into that. The thing with, you know, impaling the guy on the pipe was kind of neat. Um, I guess, you know, when he when he's uh, when he has his hands tied and he's wrestling with the bad guy in his first action scene and he shoots him on the ground with like his thumb. I thought that, you know, that required some very, very serious, impressive thumb strength. Uh, so I was I was impressed with that shot. I think that probably Eric is a better fighter in like a hand to hand combat situation. Like, I feel like he's stronger than Jack Bauer, but I feel like that Jack Bauer is trained wow. in a lot of techniques that Eric has no idea about. Like, I don't see Eric getting a good uh, torturing in on anybody. Yeah. You know, you know what? I, I think it's it's way to listen. You know, Jack Bauer isn't here, so we can he's in he's in a Russian prison somewhere right now. So he's nowhere in earshot. We can talk all we want to about Jack Bauer. But just because he's not here, I don't want to badmouth the guy. That is a legendary, legendary, legendary action hero we're talking about here. I think Eric Carter has a has a ways to go before he can live up to Jack's legacy. I think he's got some 
He's got some time that he needs to kill before he can get there. Let's touch on some of the other things that are going on here. Now, you mentioned Rebecca, that she was the former head of CTU, Rebecca Ingram. How many former heads of CTU are there? What year is it? I mean, is it like (laughs) year 2030 on 24? I mean, I feel like when was 24 Live Another Day? I feel like it was at least like 2019 or 2020 in 24 Live Another Day. Yeah, well, it has been a long time since we've podcasted about the show. So my my memory is a little bit hazy on actual specifics, though I do remember you and I talking a lot about this very question as we were watching 24 Live Another Day. It's like, are we in the future? Where are we right now? I think if you were really to drill down into the timeline of 24, it would be about as messy as a timeline gets. Like it would be like X-Men cinematic universe levels of sloppiness, which is to say very, very sloppy. I mean, there's been like seven presidents. Yeah. There's been a lot of presidents. (laughs) There's been like a lot of time jumps between seasons. Like there've been like three years in between two separate seasons. So at least (laughs) six there, like a year between seasons a piece for all the others. Like it's definitely been like 20 to 25 years over the span of 24. And I think that the people who are in charge, of the show are of the mentality that's like it's the perpetual present you know don't think about it too hard like if you start to really try to piece the timeline together you're really going to be in for for a headache so i think that they try to keep that on the table so rebecca ingram she is also the wife of jimmy smith yes who is a (laughs) nero yes he is a senator in the galactic senate is that right (laughs) yeah that's right uh this is uh senator john donovan from alderan is uh is (laughs) yeah you should meet his daughter his daughter is uh she's got promise i think that there's a lot of hope in his daughter i mean uh jimmy smiths has got to be like the new ted mcginley where he just shows up in everything everything, huh right yeah Yeah. he's really everywhere this guy uh jimmy smith's showing up here in 24 legacy doing his best david palmer impression here uh not the first time that uh that jimmy smith's has done the president thing on television as far as sure yeah you know uh i'm not i'm not a west wing guy though i need to at some point no Um, neither am i but yeah, I know he came uh, in at sort of like the last season, I think, and uh, was uh, some sort of some sort of politician type of thing. I think there's an election involved in that, but we don't need to talk about elections <laughs> right now. No, uh, but we do have we've President Jimmy Smith here on 24 or would be President Jimmy Smith here on 24. I feel like, you know, this is this is sort of like the classic character type outside of sort of like that badass Jack Bauer mold is like the the iconic presidents of 24. You've got David Palmer, sort of the true blue hero on one end you've got someone who's as as shady and dicey as logan on the other i feel like jimmy smith's to me so far senator donovan is skewing much more palmer than he is logan but i am on perpetual mole patrol oh, no. so i don't know I, i'm calling it i'm calling my shot he's a bad guy he's part of the uh, yeah. like he's part of the group that's like leaking the information that is uh really screwing everything up i, I think that he's actually the bad guy here. I think that uh, put. I'm putting. I'm calling. I'm calling my shot on wow. Senator Donovan. 
Senator Donovan. Yeah, no, that would be that would be something. It wouldn't be the first time 24 has turned a presidential figure into the arch enemy of a season. Uh, so certainly would there would be precedent there. Uh, so I could see that. I mean, I think that, you know, the, the clues that we're getting in this episode is, according to Carter, like only a few people knew the identities of the soldiers who killed bin Khalid. And those are the people who we have to be automatically suspicious of. And he says, I believe it's the directors of the CIA the director of the NSA uh, and the director of CTU, who we know is Keith Mullins, but was previously Rebecca Ingram, who is married to Senator Donovan. So there's like all sorts of people who could be like one step removed from this spot. So I think that those are like your top three candidates for moles right now. Plus probably these, you know, these smart, savvy, techie CTU people. Uh, maybe they could be up to some shenanigans as well. So I think those are the people to look at in terms of who's the double agent. Right Josh, now. I want to talk about the high school. Uh, we Do we see, have to. We yeah, I guess we have, we have to talk yeah. about this because I don't know what they're going for here. We so we go to Pershing High School. We see a bunch of stuff. I write in my notes as soon as I see Pershing High School. All right, why are we here? I, uh-huh. I know this is going to be terrible. That that whenever they start to bring in like teenagers, it's you know it's gonna not go well. And we see like a guy and a girl, and they're having it looks like seemingly having like some sort of like a relationship issue. The guy's name is Drew, the girl's name is Mira. And they're sort of like, look, it makes it seem like that he's like texting her nonstop and like harassing her. A teacher pulls Drew aside and says, hey, what's going on? And he says, oh, Mira, she's mixed up with these terrorists. She's going to do something big to yes. prove herself to the terrorists. And they say, yeah. well, we have to tell the principal about this. Yeah. Well, it turns out there's going to be no tattling to the principal <laughs> because in the most convenient twist of all time, the man who caught Drew texting happens yes. to be the true terrorist partner. <laughs> This guy and, is also a terrorist. <laughs> Not only is he also a terrorist, he's also hooking up with Mira. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, you know, I guess, I guess he just figures, you know, uh, you know, they're they're up to no good. They're the only people that they can trust. It's kind of like a Bonnie and Clyde situation. So maybe there's something going on there. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, boy, this I mean, is it's an, it's an inappropriate relationship, Rob. Then again, it's also highly questionable that they are clearly conspiring to destroy this entire school. Yeah. I mean, what's the plan? It's a lot here? to worry about with. These well, people. what's the plan that they're planning some sort of a uh, a bomb at the school? Yeah, that could be it. It could be a bomb. It could be. I don't know. It could be it could be something something really bad. I don't know. 24 has never been like a really subtle show. So I don't know how I feel about like the the terrorist school thing. I don't know where they're going to take that. I just wonder about uh, what, yeah. you know, <laughs> what, what quality gloves are you bringing to that sensitive <laughs> issue? So, so I'm a little bit concerned. I don't about, know. I don't I'm know. a little concerned about how well, that might play out. You know, Josh, I do think that that's a, a thing where, you know, 24 has been in existence since uh, that the first season I believe premiered uh, right. Uh, you know, it was filmed before 9-11 and the rest yes. of the show existed in the post 9-11 atmosphere at the height of its show was sort of like the years following 9-11 and sort of like our first real dealing with homeland security issues and i think that that was very top of mind but now here we are you know 15 16 17 years into both the life of 24 and a lot of these issues and it'll be interesting to see how much of an appetite 
people are going to have for visiting this in a fictional way. Yeah, no, I do wonder about that. I do think uh, I've written about this a little bit, like the timing of the show. It's, you know, 24 has certainly timing is a big part of 24. There's the real time aspect like that's actually just part of the format of the show. Uh, But I do think, as you touched on, 24 has kind of had this way of being, you know, sort of it's sort of interacting with the zeitgeist. Um, uh, it, It premieres, I think, in November 2001. The premiere date was pushed back, I think, a, a month or two due to the show's proximity to 9-11 and the fact that the pilot ends with an airplane exploding. Um, it really was a show that was brought up a lot in national conversations about torture and interroga- interrogation and all sorts of stuff like that. So 24 has really kind of always been uh, very topical or at least sort of kind of an exaggerated version of a lot of things that people were talking about anyway. And I don't know is 24 still the best avatar for that conversation these days? Mm. Like I said, uh, I, I think that the, the word that I, I would use is unsubtle. This is not a subtle show. 24 really does hit in on stereotypes and archetypes and really takes a sledgehammer to these things. Uh, and I think that that's been really entertaining in the past while it's also been uh, difficult, uh, not to bring another bin into this, <laughs> yeah. uh, been difficult. Uh, so so I, just, I, I do wonder, uh, I do wonder if this will be difficult moving forward. I don't know. I don't know. how. I'll, I'll be honest. Like, I don't know how voracious my appetite is for it. And I'm, right. a, you know, number one, 24 fan blah. <laughs> and if I recall in 24, live another day, I feel like that the, uh, the bad guys there in that version, I, I feel like that they were sort of uh, that like, uh, like, nationless if if i recall i mean i don't remember yeah. there being like a heavy middle eastern component to there, 24 live another day there was there was to a degree at least i think to start is uh catlin stark from game of thrones i remember playing, the drones yes playing the role of margot al harazi and her her husband had been like a really high-ranking terrorist for some organization and she was out for vengeance about that mm-hmm. uh but it was more i think it was more a vengeance thing and less a cause driven um, attack, but I, I I don't remember. My memory for it isn't super and super sharp. Most of sharp. it took place in England, if I recall. Right. So it wasn't yes. like a homeland security issue, at least not for us. So uh, a little bit of a yeah. different playing field. I th- I think the thing is is that twenty four has gone to this specific well a few times. Um, you know, season two is a is a season where there's you know Islamic fundamentalists uh, that are planning to to detonate a nuclear bomb on American soil. Season six goes into similar territory. I think there's some of that in season eight as well. Uh, I, it seems to be like every other season. Season four is about that too. Every other season they really go back to this source. And I don't know. I think like maybe you guys got most of that out of your system in season four. I think by the time season four was done, I think that this well was depleted. But 24 does like to come back here. Okay. well, let's talk about what Eric decides to do with Nicole, because he's under the impression that uh, Bin Khalid is tracking him down. So the only place that's going to be safe to drop off Nicole is with his brother, Blood is thicker than water, except in the case of this family, which has uh, a lot of tension, Josh, because it turns out that Eric's brother is basically Avon Barksdale and is (laughs) running like the southeastern D.C. drug game and also had this sort of complicated love triangle with Nicole, where Nicole was actually his girlfriend 
Yeah. And then Eric stole her and then had yeah. to get out the game. And then I guess went into the army to try to like give like a decent life to Nicole. And then, uh, then he has to bring her back to, uh, the brother here, which is Isaac, uh, who is still like a major figure in the drug game. And Nicole's like, do I have to go to Isaac? This is so awkward. This is so awkward. Don't you know, like, it's already weird enough that I dated your brother and we never talk about it. Now I have to hang out with your brother all day. It's going to be very uncomfortable. Uh, so, yeah, there's this history between Isaac and Nicole and Eric. And it is, I'm sure, going to be a source of tension on the show uh, <laughs> for both the characters and probably for the viewers. This feels like the kind of area that 24 goes into that just like typically doesn't play very well. Yeah. It's like the real hokey family drama. So I'm, I'm curious to see how it plays out because I really do like the Nicole character in this first episode. Uh, but this feels like this feels like true, like Kim Bauer territory that they might be putting her into. Right. Where it does feel like that where we're going with this is that, so we have this love triangle and I don't think that we're going to see Nicole fall for Isaac, but Isaac's main squeeze does not like the idea of Nicole being around. And it's very important to keep it a secret that Nicole is running with Isaac's crew here in DC uh, but it looks like Isaac's uh, main girlfriend is, or maybe it's his wife. I don't know. Uh, she's going to, I didn't gonna see narc. no ring. Yeah. She's going to like post on like some message board in a Facebook group or on Snapchat that, right. Hey, everybody check this out. Um, At Nicole Carter is here. <laughs> At Nicole Carter six. <laughs> At Nicole Carter six is hanging out here. Yeah. <laughs> so just in case anybody wants to know, she's going to post on social media <laughs> that Nicole is there. So after that, we end up following Eric to the meetup with Ben Grimes. And uh, we saw, obviously, where Ben Grimes's sister and family had been killed. And uh, he's trying to convince Ben, hey, you got to come with me. Give me a, give up what's in the strong box. And unfortunately for Ben, Eric just like dumps everything out on the ground. Uh, seems like yeah. there's a lot of like money and gold and stuff that got left in the uh, bus terminal. Yeah, I know like you want to like get to the box bottom of the situation very quickly but what if like it, there was like a really fragile piece of technology in there and you just like dumped the strong box onto the ground and you would destroy like a very very important computer chip or something of that like uh that would that's why you have a strong box it's to keep <laughs> things safe and secure you don't just dump you know dump it out on the asphalt like that uh but that was carter's move that was how eric carter rolls and we ended up with Eric finding some sort of a device that amazingly was able to plug into his phone. I don't even know what that future. Chip was. We're in the future. What Come were on. the chances <laughs> that the chip that happened to be in yeah. Ben Khalid's strong box just happened to fit into? I mean, I can't even fit a headphone jack into my iPhone seven yet. Somehow Ben right. Khalid was all set up with Eric Carter's phone. Yeah. Pretty clear that the 24 legacy pilot was shot before the announcement of wireless, uh, iBuds. Yes. Yes. I don't know what yeah, dongle AirBuds. you need. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's not bring dongles into this. Okay. 24 live another dongle. <laughs> 
Wow, it's late, guys. You're just going to have to forgive us for that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so he's got the knock list, right? Like this yeah. is the, it's not quite the knock list. I think this is like the anti-knock list. This is the, this is the list of the undercover terrorists around the country. Yeah, sleeper cells. And if you, it's like the list serve for all of the sleeper cells. Like it's everyone's on BCC, but this is like now you just reply all to everybody. That it's works. Like, hey, yeah, yeah, I think so. It's like, hey, I know I've got your emails. It's time to do the terrorist stuff. Uh, and then that would that would happen. And that would be very, very, very bad. So don't get this in the wrong hands. Uh, it turns out that that Ben Grimes, as Eric is going to tell us at multiple points, that like Ben is not doing well. He feels like he was let down by his country. Uh, so this is a guy who's going to be incentivized to maybe not do the right thing by the country and by the world, but maybe do the right thing by Ben Grimes. Like, it's like, let's get Ben, you know, get some Benjamins for Ben Grimes over here. <laughs> it's all about the Benjamins. So yeah. <laughs> it's what he's saying. It's an, it is in a monologue. So then how does he get the chip back? How does, uh, how does Ben get the chip back? Yeah. Is that like sleight so, of hand? Eric had yeah. it in his phone. Yes, he did. So he has it in his phone. Uh, the the bad guys they show up. There's a big shootout. Uh, Eric and Ben it's are a big like cylinder right there. They're pinned behind a corner. Eric shoots the cylinder. The cylinder drops. I think you're so dazzled and mesmerized by the sight of this cylinder dropping to the ground and providing cover for Eric that you're not even thinking of where's Ben in the midst of all of this. Uh, but once. Eric is able to defeat his enemies and he's able to, you know, focus back up on his buddy. He goes back and sees that his backpack is still there, but Ben is gone and the chip is gone. I think that the least realistic part about this is that Ben left anything behind. Like, I think the move is like, just grab the bag, right? Like you grab the bag and you run. If you're just going to already be a traitor as Ben Grimes is going to be, just go full, full measure here. No half measures here. That would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, Josh, I think my favorite part of the whole show, though, was in the lead up to uh, this confrontation where uh, we're seeing Eric getting uh, a lot of uh, help from CTU. Rebecca is there and uh, she's working with, I believe, it's Andy at CTU. But they have basically been had uh, Edgar's cousin is uh, on to what Rebecca is doing. And they send in the guy who's the head of CTU, Keith Mullins, to go check it out. And he's not buying any of Rebecca's story. So what does Rebecca do to fix this situation? She shocks him. <laughs> shocks him. Just just tase, tases that bro don't tase me bro well she's gonna do it yeah she just goes for it then at the end of the episode we see that rebecca and andy have like dragged his lifeless body yeah. through ctu yeah. into another yeah. room with yeah. nobody yeah, yeah, yeah. caught this that yeah. the ctu director was being I, dragged I, around like weekend at bernie's I love weekend at Mullins. Yeah. I feel like it's it's amazing that you're you sound so exasperated by this when you've watched 24 before, man. This is just CTU. This is how CTU rolls. They did like shut CTU down for a season. Like season seven is the Washington DC season and it's the FBI instead of CTU, which by the way has its own set of mole problems. So it's really just systemic, I think, at this point. Yeah. Uh, but they reinstate CTU starting with season eight and beyond. 
maybe they should have just kept this place closed. It's, just, it's a dangerous, dangerous place to work. I don't know why you would go to work there. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty great. It's a great visual of just this. He's also a very tall man. That's not an easy drag job. No, definitely not. Uh, no. We end up on Ben saying that maybe he's just going to go to the terrorists himself. This seems like an odd turn for uh, Ben Grimes to take to then sell the chip to ben khalid and that not seems, to ben difficult yeah that, it just seems like a weird pivot for him to make where that uh he was fighting the terrorists but then he's gonna he's gonna work with the terrorists but they killed his family well i don't know if he knows does he know what happened to his family yet maybe he probably assumes at this point um i don't know i think that he's you know, imbalanced you know, that's the thing. It's like he's suffering from some PTSD from the war is what Eric is basically talking about and how he's been helping him and he's been covering for him. And he just his head hasn't been right in months, uh, certainly by the look of this guy. Uh, he, you know, we we joked about his relation to Rick and Carl, but he really does look like he's been living in the apocalypse for months now. Uh, this Ben Grimes. So I don't know how huge of a leap it is. I mean, we just meant the guy, too. You know, maybe he's just like a very fickle man. Well, we'll see where it all goes when uh, 24 Legacy picks up. Now, I know that Carlos Bernard has uh, been announced as part of this cast, right? Is that not a spoiler? No, no. That has been announced that Carlos Bernard, who plays Tony Almeida in the original run of 24, is going to be back at some point here. I think uh, TBD on the timing on that, but it has been announced that Tony Almeida is a returning character on this show. Kind of feel like that you needed him in the first episode. Would have been good. Uh, I'll tell you. Yeah, would have been great to have to have Tony here. Are you? Do you feel like there's a familiarity to 24 that's missing here? Like the stuff that is familiar, maybe feels like it's the stuff that you wish didn't feel too familiar. I mean, it's fun. You, you know, it's a, you get a little excited with the beep boop. Beep, boop. You know, that yeah, that's it's all good. Like a cool new like blue shade. The font too. is there. They changed like the color a little bit. I mean, font, th- that's yeah. that's all fine, well and good, but you know, I do think that so much of the show was Jack Bauer and the performance of Keith Sutherland and so I do feel like that you really miss that with all due respect to uh, you know, the uh great Eric Carter, uh, yeah. played by Corey Hawkins, who's fine. Erstwhile Heath, sure, yeah, sure. We found Heath, yeah. We uh, mm-hmm. of course uh, Heath from The Walking Dead, and uh, I don't know when we're going to get to him in our rewatch of The Walking Dead that we've been uh, doing in uh, about uh, seven uh, years from now. But, yeah, if we were to continue that, I think it would be about fourteen years. Um, so I mean, he was fine, but I think people are going to realize, you know, just how much of the show was the performance of Kiefer Sutherland, and not just that the format was the star i think that the show it's look it's entertaining enough uh it's it's only 12 episodes as opposed to the full 24 so it's less of a commitment i'm interested i'm, I'm certainly like, i'm a 24 fan so i'm just gonna watch it like if i watched all of season six i'm gonna watch all of 24 legacy like that's gonna happen i'll be you know i'll be tuning in week in and week out but it didn't it didn't grab me the way that you know a previous season of 24 did and i do think that a lot of my love for that show was just like sort of like the weird navel gazing mythology of it all that like 24 would really get lost in its own head with all these different characters that would show back up. Uh, and I'm missing an element of that here is cute to hear a reference to Edgar styles, but that kind of just like felt 
like it was on the show just to pacify servicey. Yeah, so I just don't know what the balance is. Um, I'm excited to get Tony Almeida back in the mix. He's like my favorite character ever, so I'm going to be very, very pumped to see him. I'm going to pray to God that they don't screw the character up here, though it's entirely possible that they will. Uh, but I do think that there is just maybe some of the familiar faces of 24 that I hope that we do get to see. You know, it's it's weird to have 24 even without Chloe at this point. Right. Um, so I don't know. Uh, I, I think that that's something. Uh, wait and see. See how that plays. Looking forward to seeing tony here and maybe that shakes things up a little bit okay josh i'm sure it will be a big number in the ratings tonight of course uh following the super bowl though it did start kind of late after an overtime game so the uh, true test will be the ratings on monday night so uh let's see uh if 24 legacy is indeed a hit josh what's the hashtag Mm, hashtag uh, I like live another dongle. I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> Let's go with that. Probably better and less problematic than uh, been difficult. <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah, not go probably. there. No, okay. No, no, no. That would be difficult. All right. Live another dongle. It is. Uh, so, of course, you could follow Josh at Round Howard. Josh, do you have anything that you are publishing for Hollywood Reporter about the premiere? Yeah, kind of talked with uh, the producers about the the first scene of the episode, which maybe was a little dicey in today's climate. So we talked a little bit about that. Uh, I have some stuff that's going up after episode two as well. Uh, So there'll be stuff on THR.com slash 24 Legacy all season long by yours truly. All right. Well, good stuff. Uh, Let's uh, see how the 24 Legacy ends up doing. Maybe we'll be back with some more coverage along the way, of course, that uh, we have been doing a season one Walking Dead rewatch here on Post Show Recaps. Uh, You can check out our sixth and final episode, which is a rewatch of the first season finale leading up to next Sunday when we get back into the Walking Dead season seven back half premiere. Uh, more Negan, more Rick Grimes, not Ben Grimes coming oh, your way here yeah. on post show recaps. All right. Yeah. So looking forward to hearing what you guys had to say about the 24 legacy premiere on post show recaps.com. You can subscribe to the podcast, go to post show recaps.com slash iTunes for that. Everybody have a good one. Take care. Bye.